hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Hello. Uh, welcome to episode 272 of Your Tech Life. Jeez, uh, I worry about Rob Jolliffe, who's uh, a regular tweeter, regular listener, and, uh, and a very good man. Uh, he, he tweeted me the other day and said, I didn't realise Your Tech Life started on 2GB. Now, let's be clear. Um, 272 episodes ago was a very long time. And, uh, and yes, the original show was... Uh, was Your Tech Life with Trevor Long on 2GB, and it started on the 29th of October 2009. Uh, and that was my return uh, to the radio, having having left GB for a while, um, having done Chip for Brains with Brian Wilshire um, in 2007 and eight. So, yes, this show has its origins as a, a talk radio show all about technology, starting in uh, October 2009, and you can still listen to that show. Number 001 is there still available for download? I don't believe in deleting these things. I probably should, but no, it's all there. I should dig up an old episode of Chip for Brains. I have a CD somewhere with all of them on it. Uh, it'll be very interesting listening back to something from 2007, uh, given I was very young at the time as well. Um, but thank you for, for going through the archives there, Rob. Much appreciated. Um, if you want to get in touch, you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, or you just want to have a chat about any part of technology in the news or in your life, jump on the phone. Go to um, 1-800-157-157, or you can go to the email on the website, eftm.com.au. Lots to talk about tonight. We're going to talk virtual reality. We're going to talk projectors, keyboards, um, coding, programming, uh, and learning programming, batteries. And we've got a, a few calls here, uh, a lot about phones, a lot of still people interested in phones and routers. So many common questions, but hopefully they reinforce the message to you, the listener at home. And if you want to get in touch, I pretty much would be sitting here talking to myself if you didn't get in touch. Uh, no, no, you can just go to the website, eftm.com.au, anytime, any day, jump on the line, say day. So I'm happy to admit... That I was wrong. The Samsung Gear VR is very cool. When I first saw it, I thought it was a complete toss-up. This is this big thing, looks like huge ski goggles on your head, and it's virtual reality. It's a 3D experience. Um, I just didn't see why. I didn't even put it on when I had the opportunity to at the launch. But they sent me one this week, and I was blown away, literally. So here's how it works. A $250 item, um, $250, and then you need a Galaxy Note 4. So that's a you know, $900 phone. Samsung's best phone, to be honest, so that's not a bad thing. You, you insert the phone into the device, and the phone provides the power, and you put the goggles on, and you're in a virtual reality world. It's three-dimensional. You can look around, look up, look down, look left, look right, look back behind you. You look anywhere and it's all there. Now, the couple of examples I used and I, I downloaded were a thing called Ocean Rift, which was, um, it's like an underwater animated world. So you're, you're a scuba diver, essentially, and you can look around and see beautiful starfish, turtles, fish, dolphins, sharks. You can go into a shark cage. You can go to a dolphin, sorry, a turtle environment. You can do a whole range of things, and it is spectacular to watch people use. 
um, because they, they look around and they go, oh, look, a starfish, whoa, turtle, and they just love it and they want to reach out and they, they, they don't see what they look like, but they look silly because they're reaching out, they're looking around and you've just got this thing on your head. It's immersive and it's fantastic. Uh, well worth checking out. If you own a Samsung Galaxy Note 4, you must go to the Samsung store, check it out and buy one. It's that, just that, that easy. You'll, you'll struggle to resist buying one once you've played with it once. Um, the, um, the content isn't wide-ranging, but there's enough there to, to have a bit of fun with it and look around. There will be so much more. And there are games coming and things like that. Now, on the flip side, LG announced this week the LG VR for G3. Lots of abbreviations, but virtual reality headset for the LG G3, which is their flagship smartphone. Now, you may have heard of Google Cardboard. Google Cardboard is Google's, literally, made of cardboard little 3D headset. And again, you put an Android phone in it. But the difference here is it's not some powered thing. It doesn't even have a strap to go around your head. It literally, when you load a a cardboard-compatible app, the app splits the screen in two, and you've got a left and right, so your eyes. And then when you put the, the phone inside this cardboard, it splits it so that you can't see from one to the other, and you get this 3D experience. And again, you can look around, because it's got the gyroscope in the phone. You can look around and see um, and see every part of the app and the game. So I, I did a roller coaster, and uh, I literally felt sick, because I don't like roller coasters. And it actually had that sensation. It was unbelievable. Now, if you own an LG G3, send me an email. I need to know. Because uh, I just want to gauge how many people may have a phone like that. Because LG have suggested to me that I might have some to give away. So if you'd like to get a hand, your hands on um, the, the VR for G3, uh, get in touch, tweet me, say day, and I will know that you're there. And if I know you're there, I will run the competition. If I don't get any responses, I'm not going to bother doing it. <laughs> but if you, um, if you own an LG G3 smartphone, let me know, and I will uh, organise the competition to give away a, a few of those virtual reality headsets for the uh, the LG G3. It's a great device, highly recommended that you have a look at it, um, and it's just a bit of fun. I don't believe it's something that will be in every home, but I think that a lot of people will like it, and that's uh, that's what's really cool about it. So uh, check it out, and, uh, and you know, I've put reviews up of both products at eftm.com.au. Might sound crazy what I'm about to say But travel along's the world's best techie He's the kind of guy we picked on at school And it wasn't fair, but he don't care, he's cool Uh, this show is proudly brought to you by the good people at Garmin. Garmin Salad Navigation, GPS Technologies. The Phoenix 3 is the world's first adventure sport training GPS watch. I mean, it's a sensational product. In Phoenix 3, uncompromising performance meets uncompromising design. No longer do demanding athletes have to wear one specialty watch for training and competition, then a different and more stylish watch for work and casual everyday wear. 
The Phoenix 3 from Garmin has introduced the ultimate fusing of state-of-the-art fitness training features with state-of-the-art satellite navigation. Between adventures, the Phoenix 3 helps you recover in style and precision with its rugged, attractive construction and customizable smartwatch capabilities. Now that we've taken on the limits to what a GPS sport watch can do, it's your turn to rise above the limits. So check out the Phoenix 3. It's a beautiful watch. Uh, it's actually just a really nice watch, and then it is unbelievably feature-rich. Uh, there's a premium version available. Oh, unbelievable, the sapphire version, but the silver and grey is also sensational. Um, they'll be available later this year. Check them out at garmin.com.au. So I went to a, an event the other night with Energizer and, uh, you know, batteries, well, whatever. But this is interesting. I'd never given any thought to what happens to recycled batteries. And I did a bit of research, and I think the um, I think the only thing I've seen is that they get turned into steel rebar for construction. And, like, that's just weird. I mean, it's not, it doesn't help the bat. See, when you recycle an aluminium can, it's, it's highly likely to become an aluminium can again. Recycle paper, it's likely to become paper or cardboard again. Recycle a battery, it becomes building product. Doesn't help. The whole point of recycling is actually to, not, I mean, it's obviously to reduce landfill, but it's also to, you know, reduce the requirement to actually mine or, or get the products that build the original version. So Energizer have announced the eco-advanced range of batteries. Now, these are made with recycled batteries. Now, in terms of total weight, 4% of the, of the weight of a AA battery is made up of recycled product, but 10% of the active key ingredient is recycled. So there's a, there's a lot of, obviously, science behind that, but their, their aim is to get to 40% recycled by, I think, 2025. This is really interesting. Energizer was the first to, to invent the battery. I think it was in 1896 from for memory. They then came out with a torch, and once they had the, 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 the chairman or CEO said, once we had the torch and the battery, we were off and running. And that's pretty true, really. So the Energizer Eco Advance is a great way to show your green credentials when you shop. It's a great way to get a high-performing uh, battery, which will last well. It's one of their top-lasting batteries, but it's also a way to do something for the, for the environment. The Energizer Eco Advance. Check it out at eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. You've got a question about technology, problem with technology, does not matter what it is. Get in touch, say good day. Uh, let's do the same with Amanda. G'day, Amanda. Hi, Trevor. How are you? Good. What can I do for you? Um, so I want to know a little bit about mobile phone plans and what's the best deal to go on. I've got an iPhone 5 that's mm. still in pretty good working order mm. and don't really know whether to bring my own phone, join a plan for a contract or, or what really is the best way to go. Well, you know, the great thing is you are not desperate to change phones and that gives the power almost entirely to you um, because when someone's really desperate for a new phone, you start looking based on that. So you look for a plan that suits that or, you know, you try and sign up or whatever it might be. It kind of blurs your vision. I would love for you to think about this as an opportunity to find the right carrier for you and then find a phone. Uh-huh. So if your phone's working now, why change it, right? You know, yes. You've obviously seen the iPhone 6, you know, it's a slightly nicer phone, all those different things, but it still does the basic things that the iPhone 5 does. So, you know, what you're doing now isn't going to change. So I would shop around for mobile plans. What is your basic usage? How often do you see... Um, 
How often do you use data, for example? Oh, so because work emails were coming through my phone until recently, data was quite high and I was going over quite a while for the last couple of months. So I've obviously seen that drop back once I'm no longer sort of using my work, my phone in a work capacity. How much? Um, so, oh, it's it dropped back. It, it was going over by quite a bit. Um, you know, I was up to $100, $150 a month over my 60 or $70 plan. So work emails were um, chewing through a lot of my data. Um, but Do you know how much data you're using now? Uh, no, I don't have an actual mm. figure. Um, I haven't looked into it um, the last time. I think I just sort of tried to avoid it. It was high. I knew it was because of work and I just yeah. left it in the too hard basket. I would, I would find that as a priority because knowing yeah. that is, uh, is critical to shopping around. So, you know, for example, um, you know, you've got your top three carriers, uh, Telstra, Optus and Vodafone, there's almost no question that Optus and Vodafone are the most competitive price-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, both are doing unbelievable things to try and get your business. Now, what you need to look for is what they call SIM only. And a SIM okay. only is basically what you're signing up for is just that little SIM card. It doesn't require a plan on a phone and all that kind of stuff. So how much are you currently spending? Um, 60 or $70 a month, I think. So... I would encourage you to consider something like the Vodafone $45 plan. Okay. Now, for a start, you've just saved 20 odd bucks. That's massive. Yeah. Um, you know, $20, $25 saving a month is a big deal. That's, that's signing up to standard Netflix, you know, if you want to allocate that money somewhere else or it's saving yep. for Christmas. 50 bucks a month gets you 3 gig of data. 45 bucks a month gets you 1.5 gig of data. So, you know, probably mid-ground, go the $50. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got unlimited calls, unlimited texts, and three gig of data. And that's like that's going to do you for sure. And then what you do is for the first month or two, you monitor that usage and you go, I actually don't need anywhere near that much. Or actually, I need a little bit more. And so then you've got the option of, of playing around with the plan. Because you own the phone, because you can do what you like with it, you can just walk into a Vodafone or an Optus store, get a SIM card, port your number so you get to keep your existing number, and it yep. takes sometimes an hour, sometimes two hours, but sometimes five minutes. And your new SIM card's active and you can start using it, enjoy the month, and then look back each month and go, yeah, this is about right for me. And then after maybe three or four months, you go, I've, I've found the plan I like. I've tried a couple of carriers because, remember, you could, change, you could try Optus for two months and, and Vodafone for two months and Telstra for two months and make a decision on who you want to be with. And then maybe sign up for a two-year contract and get yourself a nice new shiny phone. Okay, so sort of shop around and, and then see what what I lock into. Power to the people, right? Mm-hmm. Big deal. And um, I've got one other question yeah. for you. So you mentioned Vodafone. Yeah. I switched from them a couple of years ago because of all of the network issues. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all resolved? Hundred percent. I mean, look. Okay, when I say hundred percent, they are they've put that way behind them. I've been with Vodafone now for about um, I'm going to say eighteen months. Never yep. had an issue. I just don't have, I've never had an issue um, with coverage, with data speeds, with any of those things. They've spent billions of dollars on their network to get it right. Now, there are still black spots. So, yeah. so there are on Optus and there are still some on Telstra too. Um, there's no doubt that Telstra is the network to be on if you're going to regional areas frequently and you want reliable mobile service. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, Optus and Vodafone are just solid. You know, they're great metro carriers. And in fact, Vodafone, in my opinion, still has the fastest 4G network available. Okay, that's good to know. So, but again, don't sign up, right? Yeah, you're, you're, no, don't sign up. Shop like, around. It's, it's the power's mine. Really bad analogy, but it's like you know, dating and playing the field a little. You're allowed to you're allowed to spend a couple of dinners with with someone, and then maybe spend a couple of dinners <laughs> with someone else, right? 
until you yeah. decide who to who to spend a weekend with, right? <laughs> exactly. It's the worst analogy I've ever come up with. <laughs> Amanda, good luck. I would love to hear what you end up doing. Thank you. I will. I'll keep you posted. Good on you. Thanks for getting in touch. Okay. Thank you. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. If you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, does not matter what it is, jump on the phone or jump on the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Norm. G'day, Trevor. I've got a, a modem. Hmm. Uh, it's a white wireless modem router, and I want to know whether it's good enough to do whether, whether I can get better than the one that Optus give me to right. get that better speeds. Now, what internets, what sort of internet do you have? Do you uh, have ADSL or cable? ADSL. Okay. And are you connecting primarily over Wi-Fi or plugged into the router? Uh, I can do either, but right. the, the main computer's plugged into the router, mm-hmm. but the television and the other computer and the phone use the Wi-Fi. So how fast do you think your internet is? Yeah, that's a hard question. <laughs> how long is a piece <laughs> of string? fast enough. Yes. So the first thing I want you to do is, is actually set the scene, and I want you to find, get, do some research and find out what you've got. Now, the best way to do that is to uh, not use, turn off everything in the house except the computer and the modem. Uh, so what I mean is don't have any other devices connected via Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then get on the computer and go to speedtest.net. Speedtest.net. Yep. When you go to that website, there's a lot of ads and different stuff, but look in the middle of the page for test now or choosing a location like Sydney, and you want to do a test. You want to run a speed test. And what it'll do, it'll, it'll take about three or four minutes. It'll send a bunch of data up to the internet. It'll download a bunch of data from the internet, and it'll give you a result. The result will probably be, at a guess, Five, six, or seven megabytes per second Mbps download, and probably one or two Mbps megabytes per second uploads. Yeah. Now that is the speed of your internet, and frankly, there's nothing really you can do about making the speed of your internet into the home faster. The only yep. thing you can do is move home closer to the for telephone exchange. Now that's a bit hard. Correct. You don't have cable, uh, like pay TV cable near your home, do you? We have pay TV cable, yes. You know you can we get got... much faster internet from that. But does everybody actually do cable like that? Uh, I do, because it's the best internet you can get if you're not in the NBN area, basically. So do you know if it's Telstra or Optus cable? Oh, I think everything's Telstra, because mm, I've got my phone with Optus, but... Have you got Foxtel? To run the cables. Right, right, okay. Well, look, I um, so let's get before we talk cable because I want I want to explore that more. Um, the ADSL. So you've let's say you get eight down and two up. That's not a bad speed. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, and that's on your computer plugged into the modem. Then grab your laptop or iPhone or something. And if it's on, a, on an iPhone or a tablet, download the app for speed test. Well, Otherwise, I can do it. I can actually unplug the computer and do it wireless with the computer. Perfect. So do it with the, the same machine. The so. thing about wireless is if you're sitting right next to the modem, it's pretty darn good. If you're at the other side of the house, the speed will be slower. So these yeah. are the things. These are the factors that, that have actually create difference, differences in speed on your internet. 
So take that computer and try it on the Wi-Fi. See what speed you get that way. And that will immediately tell you whether there's any degradation in speed just because you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah. Then the last and most important thing is how many devices do you think you've got connected to your Wi-Fi network? Well, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the television is, the phone, I guess, though it's not normally being used, mm-hmm. normally it's only one at a time. Right. The television and maybe a computer otherwise. Okay, so that's not bad, and that means that you're not going to have the probably the problem of uh, one, because if the TV is slow, the, the computer will run as slow as the TV. That's just how it works. It works. It's the, the slower you, one of your devices is, the slower every device is. So you're probably not going to have that problem. So that's really all you can do to diagnose how fast your internet is and how fast your Wi-Fi is. If there's a huge loss of speed between being plugged in and being on Wi-Fi, then I recommend you get a new router. You don't yep. need to change the modem. You just need to change the router. You buy a new router, plug it into the modem, and you'll get better Wi-Fi from a brand new router. Yeah. So that's, that's the solution to that basic question and issue. But if you really want better speed... Pick up the phone to Telstra. Ask them if you have Big Pond Cable available in your home. In fact, you can just search on Google Big Pond Cable Availability Checker and they'll take you to a page at Telstra. You can type in your address and they'll tell you whether you've got cable. And, mate, cable internet might be a touch more expensive than what you're paying now, but I, I pay, I think, $100 a month. That includes my home phone or something like that. And at 500 yep. gigabytes of data, so it's a, it's a huge amount of data. And I get 100 meg downloads. Okay, that 100 compares to what you're getting of 8 or 10 or maybe you're getting 15. I doubt it. 100 meg. And and at the basic package level for cable, you get 30 meg. So it's phenomenally faster to download content. Not not as fast to upload, but you're probably not doing a lot of that. Watching, streaming, TV, movies, those kind of things, you will be very, very happy. So if you're not on a contract and you can afford the, the difference in price... I would be switching to cable pronto. Okay. And by the way, if you're in a cable area, and this is for everyone listening, if you've got the Telstra or Optus um, hybrid fibre coaxial is what they call it, the HFC cable that runs the pay TV signal into homes around your area, you are not getting the NBN any other way. The NBN is buying that cable, and that will be how the NBN is delivered to you. So you may as well just get on it now. Okay. Pretty exciting, mate. Go away, enjoy, find out what you can do, and let me know what you end up doing, okay, Norm? Okay, thanks, Trevor. Good on you, Norm. Thanks for getting in touch. Okay, thank you. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is, jump on the line, go to the website, eftm.com.au, and we'll see if we can help you out can't help you, I'll try and dart us to find someone who can. Now, I got an email earlier this week from Paul. I'm still going to try and uh, get him on the show a little bit later, but he's from Gunnedah. Now, Gunnedah's in you know, rural New South Wales, and that's, what, that's one of the things that excited me about this email. You know, often we think of rural areas as you know, not being tech-savvy, but in fact, they're probably more tech-savvy than many of us in the big cities because it's such a great way of being connected. Now, Paul's email was this. Hi, Trevor. Just a suggestion for a possible story. Um, my idea is for computer programming for kids. I thought with your contacts, you might be able to interview someone who has the knowledge about getting children into programming, code, etc. My son is nine, and I think it'd be worthwhile starting him down this track, even if it's only to get a basic understanding or take it further. Um, this triggered 
a memory with me. I was having a chat with the people at Apple um, actually a few weeks ago, and they mentioned uh, an Aussie app that was all about code and getting people into code. And uh, one of the gentlemen that is behind the company Two Lives Lefts and the app Coda is Simeon. He's on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Hi. Um, well, thanks. So, Coda. Uh, it's Codea, actually. Codea. C-O-D-E-A is how you'll find it in the App Store. Tell me about Codea. Uh, so, Codea is an app that's really designed for making games and simulations on your iPad. So you, you open it up and you can start a new project and you can start typing code straight away and then uh, you can press the play button and see how it works. Um, and it's really focused on you writing code and hitting play and just seeing the results straight seeing away. what happens. Yeah. Now, I'm a bit of an idiot. Um, I don't have great coding knowledge. I have mucked around with Perl in my time mm-hmm. um, when I first started building websites, a bit of Perl programming, and I remember back when I was ridiculously young, and it's many, many years ago, having a Commodore 64 and playing with BASIC. And the very simple concepts I remember were, you know, if and then else, and then, you know, it's kind of, you're telling it to do something, and if if there's this kind of input, do that, and if this kind of thing happens, do that. Is that the basic principles that get taught through this, and and then you're putting them into practice to do, frankly, amazing things with games? Yes, so um, all the the same stuff from BASIC. It's actually a very familiar language, um, Codia uses a language called Lua, which is similar to Basic. Right. Um, but yeah, all those concepts are in there, and um, really, the the app encourages you to learn by example. So there's a, a load of example projects, and you can pull them apart and change them and copy them, and then go through the documentation and put put bits in. But the important part is being able to see the result very quickly. And what age would would you be starting people learning code uh, programming with Codia? Uh, I think it's uh, for maybe 10 years and up, but we've had um, children as young as six do some interesting things with it. Wow. I mean, that's, it's pretty amazing to think that a a kid uh, as young as 10, let alone anything else, um, could have an iPad and start programming things um, on the iPad and, uh, and, and see the results. And I get what you're saying. It's, it's kind of that whole, for example, color. And I, there's an example on your website of Kadia which shows you know, your, your color picker. And color isn't something you just type blue. You've got to type a combination of numbers. And that's, that's right. actually very easy to learn once you see it. So actually having a, a real-world example of it turned into code is as simple as what you're trying to prove to people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what, 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 what started the idea? Where did it come from? Uh, okay, so I was um, uh, at a coffee shop and I had had an argument earlier in the day about game design with a friend, mm. um, but I didn't have my laptop with me. I only had my iPad, and so I couldn't work on the game that I wanted to work on to prove my point in right. this argument I was having, and I was frustrated. So when I got home, I started working on Codia so I could have something on my <laughs> iPad just to, to make things with when I was stuck. Um, it was initially just supposed to be for me uh, and not really released to the general public, but it ended up coming out quite well and I polished it and then released it on the App Store. So what is the output? I mean, if I'm mucking around and I get a thing to you know press here and it goes blue and press there, I don't know. What, I mean, I can't even imagine. I, I've just, I need to have a good play with it. I'm going to do that tonight. What, what, when, when you've made something, what can you do with it? Can you only play with it in, on your own iPad or can you then take that code and, and go away and build it into something bigger? Uh, you can export it. Um, to what's called an Xcode project, which is sort of the standard for developing mm. um, for iOS, uh, for I, uh, iPad and iPhone. And so by the time make... you've got to that point, you're ready to actually have Xcode installed on a computer and actually muck around with it, right? Yeah, so it's actually quite simple. You, if you, as long as you've got the stuff installed, you can just um, you know export it from your iPad 
load it up on your computer and you press the you know the play button in Xcode mm. and it will start running on on uh, on your iPad. But if if you've made a um a game like Pong, for example, let's just mm-hmm. let's just say you've made something that does that, you could just play it within Kadia, right? You could just yeah, keep, that's right. And, and you could show your mates and you could actually brag a bit about your programming right there and then in the app. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's even a, a free version of Kadia called Kadia Scratchpad, which is sort of more limited, but you could you could easily, you know, give your friends the same game and, and have them play it on their iPads. Yeah, free version. It's ten bucks. I mean it's not right. Back in the day, ten bucks was was, you know, saving up first week of saving for a program. Now ten bucks gets you something that can literally teach you something just so amazing like coding. I mean I I find that to be the most amazing part about an app these days where you yeah. are able to build something that is educational to this extreme. I mean, you must look at, what do they call it, the hour of code and stuff. There's a lot of, lot of work goes on in this in America and places. Do mm. you see this as being an important part of education, the education system here in Australia? I think it's very important to, to learn these things. I, I don't know how to teach um, coding. Mm. I, I, only know what, <laughs> I only know what I like and, and how to use the tools that I like using, especially creative tools. And coding is a very creative thing, hmm. um, but but I do like that Codia has been picked up and used by lots and lots of schools and, and children and students um, and teachers everywhere around the world. Which must be very rewarding. It is. It's very nice. Well, talking about reward, forget mm-hmm. the money. People would ask how much money you made. How rewarding is it to get a call from Apple to say, just by the way, we're using a screenshot or a, an example of your app in our next global advertising campaign. That was that was very exciting. It was really, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Apple also doesn't tend to give you much time to respond. They'll say, you know, let us know tomorrow if you can provide these, you know, three things that we need. And um, you tend to work pretty hard to get them what they want. Yes. Yeah. call from Apple. It must be amazing to to sit back and watch, you know, some silly show on TV and then see an iPad Air two ad come on, and then you just that little glimpse in there is is your app. Yeah, well, no, it was really it was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, told everyone about it. And so what's next uh, for Two Lives Left then? Uh, so we do games as well as um, Kodia uh, because we started as a games um, sort of a games company. Hmm. Uh, so uh, we, we're doing a game called Crabatron, which is a giant space crab simulation. <laughs> and um, we've got other games planned. But m- at the moment, Kodia is kind of a never-ending project. It always gets updated. I've got a new update I've been working on tonight. That I'm about to submit um, to Apple, and you, it just there's endless things to work on because it's a creative tool, and and within that you can just any idea I have for a new way of making things I can put into practice in Codia and then see how people actually use it. And uh, Cargo Bot, the first game programmed entirely on an iPad, so That's you right. use Codia to do that. Yeah, so uh, a guy in New York was using Codia and uh, posting on our forums uh, all his work. And he had a, a really good knack for remaking retro arcade games like um, Pac-Man and um, uh, a couple of racing games just in Codia. And so he, he made one called um, Robo Arm, which was about programming a robotic arm. I really liked it. So I, I got together with him and I did the graphics and he did the coding in Codia. And then we released it as the first game programmed entirely on iPad. That's sensational. And, what a and, great idea. Well, it's an interesting one because the game itself, CargoBot, is used in a lot of schools to teach programming. I think most of our downloads are from schools. Mm. And, um, yeah, so it's a game that was that was written in a programming tool on iPad to teach programming on an <laughs> iPad. It's, uh, it's an ultimate loop, really, there, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of recursive. 
Fantastic, mate. I think it's wonderful. I always love speaking to Aussies who are just mucking around with, with apps and mm-hmm. hopefully doing very well. It sounds like you're doing very well. And um, more than anything, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for you with the Apple ad. I, that's you. something that will stick on, your, uh, on, on your, uh, your, your dinner party conversation list for some time, I would <laughs> suggest. suggest. Yeah, definitely. Well, good luck. It's uh, Kadea, and it's C-O-D-E-A. If you want to have a look at how programming works, it's quite interesting. To basically, it's like lifting, it's like lifting the cover and looking underneath how things work, and and it's not something you normally get to see, really, is it? No, no. Good on you. Thanks for the chat, mate. All right, thank you very much, Trevor. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. You can get in touch anytime you like. Just go to the website eftm.com.au got a question about technology problem with technology absolutely doesn't matter what it is get in touch go to the website eftm.com.au let's go to calls g'day Loga. good day um, Trevor thank you for t- um, uh, for the call That's right. um, and actually I wanted to ask you if you'd be able to help me with the purchase of an iPhone which would suit a, a university student please so who is this person in your life she's my daughter Right, so what has she got now? What sort of phone is she carrying around? Oh, she's got a dinosaur of a Nokia, you know, just a mobile. Literally, the old ancient <laughs> thing. Yes, it is. Now, what, what, are you, what are you confused about or what are you concerned about in terms of getting an iPhone? Actually, I don't know if I should get the older versions, you know, just for a start, mm. because she's not had any one of these before. So, you know, or would you go for the latest, which is uh, i I mean, the six, I suppose. Yeah. So the next big question is, are you in a position to buy it outright or are you going to go on a plan? Depending on the price. Mm. Um, if it's not too expensive, then I would... Uh, is it better to buy it outright? Look, I am a believer in that only because it gives you flexibility of plan choice then. So right, in right. the next couple of months, for example, there's going to be a lot of interesting announcements from mobile phone companies and... Mm. I think if I was locked into a contract, I'd be kicking myself because I might not have the opportunity to take advantage of those mm-hmm. um, those things. So that's kind of why it's useful to not be on a contract. Mm-hmm. But, but being, being on a contract does offer you the opportunity to basically pay nothing for the phone and pay it off over two years. So you, mm-hmm. it's really a very, very interesting uh, debate that you have really with yourself to, to determine whether or not um, you know you want to pay up front. Did, um, who, which mobile phone do you carry around, Logan? Telstra. And, and what phone have you got? The same Nokia, too. Right. And are you thinking about getting a smartphone as well? Uh, not really. No. no, it's just for my daughter. And look, you know, you'll, you'll find yeah. probably reasonable deals with Telstra. You might find better deals with other carriers. But if you feel, com- you know, compelled to stay with Telstra, then... Um, you know, they've, they've got a range of plans to choose no, from. No, I'm open to, you know, like moving around, you know, to anybody else, actually, the because base, I'm not a contract right yeah. now. The basic research I've done over the last little while is that with Vodafone, it's yes. probably better off being on a plan uh-huh. uh, because they've just got such aggressive deals. With Telstra yeah. and Optus, you probably would be better in the dollars and cents category on owning the phone outright and, and choosing a plan to suit. Right. And the other thing you've got to remember, Logan, is this is her first uh, smartphone. It's the first phone that's going to do amazing things like, you know, all of the email, the web, YouTube, whatever it is. So data is going to be a question. Yes. You know, you don't want to get caught. So be very careful not to sign up, in fact, for too much data. Right. You know, you might be inclined to sign up for three or four or five gigabytes of data when really she only needs one or two. Right. 
Um, so it's always better to sign up at the lower level, which right. is, again, why it's good to pay outright. Buy the phone outright, mm-hmm. get a plan prepaid, and then yes. monitor your usage over a few months. Now, sure. to your actual question about which device to get, um, I guess that really just comes down to the plan. You pretty much can pick up an iPhone 5S on any of the plans at really good deals because it's obviously mm-hmm. now a year-old phone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the iPhone 6 is a stunning phone that will last many years if it's cared for well. Mm-hmm. So get a good case for it, get a screen protector. And I think that is a great choice of phone if it's an iPhone mm-hmm. she wants. Right, okay. What about functionalities, Trevor? Well, there's no difference between the two other than the size right. and, and the size of the screen because uh, essentially they, they are the same phone. There's obviously mm-hmm. you know faster processors and better graphics on the 6, but you won't notice those things right. uh, up front. Yes. Really, they are the same phone, just different sizes. Right, okay. Does that All make right. sense? Then, yes. Thank you so, so look, much I, I, I would take yourself into an Apple store. It's the yes. best place to go yes. to find, you know, those conversations about what actually is a great solution for you. So uh-huh. I, I'd have a look at the, um, I'd have a look in an Apple store and see what they can, what they can show you. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for your help. Good on you. Anytime. And uh, thanks for getting in touch. Thank you. Thank you. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. So I've been reviewing a few projectors of late, and a couple of them are already up at eftm.com.au. There's a ViewSonic portable arm, which was fantastic to take with me on a couple of trips. Uh, it allowed me to put a set a projector up on a rainy day at my mum's pub for the kids just to enjoy some Peppa Pig because it was raining. We weren't going to do anything else. Um, but I've currently got one in my office here in the studio from Epson, uh, the uh, TW6600. Now, this is a big unit. 40 centimetres wide, 30 centimetres deep, and about 160 mil, so 16 centimetres tall. It's a big unit, big lens on the front. And now uh, the studio here, the man cave, is about, I'm going to say, four and a half metres long and about, it might be five and a half, more more likely five and a half or six. It's about two and a half wide. Uh, It will project from one end of the room to the other, but the thing is it will project much bigger than the room that I've got, and it's got a very nice adjustable size, so actually zooming in and out on the lens, and and a very easy to do. It's also um, got uh, scaling up and down, vertical and horizontal. So if you're off center, it will do that. And obviously the normal aspect ratio style um, adjustments. It's um, it's a very very good projector. Two HDMI's, component, video, um, you know, all the different inputs. There's a wireless version as well. But uh, I and by the way, I went to eBay. I bought a projector, hundred bucks. Unbelievable, fantastic motorized projector. So I can sit here. You probably won't be able to hear this, but I can press a button and. And up goes, yeah, no, it's not loud enough to hear, but up goes the, the projector screen. So I can, you know, have it go away. And I've installed that myself. And it really does make a huge difference. I've got a 50, I'm going to say 50-inch TV on the wall normally, and now I'm running a 100-inch screen. It's beautiful. Now, this thing's about $2,600. The batch, the, the lamp, which is the key component of a, um, of a projector, will last 3,500 to 5,000 hours and only cost 100 bucks to replace. That's the critical thing. $100 for a lamp is very cheap. Um, check it out. If you're into a projector, I've got to say, this baby would be beautiful for the lounge room. I could get about 100 and I think, uh, I don't want to overstate it, but it might have been like 180 inches if I went in the lounge room. I could, I could really throw some picture here because it's a big unit. Uh, great, great uh, brightness control, beautiful uh, quality. A very impressive unit, well worth checking out. If you're in the market for a projector for the man cave or the lounge room, 
uh, whatever it is, check it out. I've uh, done a review up at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And the last little product I want to tell you about is for your iPad or your, or your Samsung tablet or whatever it might be. It's a keyboard. Now, most keyboards come in a case. And, you know, you've got a whole new case for your, for your device, but you've also got a keyboard built in. A lot of people don't need that, though. A lot of people just need a keyboard now and then. And if you've got a really nice case for your iPad, potentially with a stand, Logitech have a thing called keys to go and it's just the keyboard. Now, in reality, you could use it for a computer as well. But bottom line, it's a fantastic little unit. It's 80 bucks, uh, very thin, very light, and it, but it has a great feel to the keys. Perfect for your tablet. Check it out. Uh, again, I've done a review up at eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Back again next week. Uh, yes, I am back next week. And then we're off to Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. So I will be in Barcelona the week after next. I'll still do a show from over there. Um, all the big mobile phone companies will have things to announce. So we'll cover all that live on the ground in Barcelona. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. I'm traveling to Barcelona, though, um, with the good people at Ford, who uh, will obviously have some announcements around their uh, smartphone integration with vehicles and whatnot. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll cover that all off when we get over there. Next week, though, back on deck, we've got a couple of great little um, innovations and apps to, to talk about next week. But most importantly, if you need help, if you've got a question, all you have to do is send me an email. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Look for my ugly head, press the button, send me an email. Love to hear from you. It's always great to hear from you. Please jump on Twitter and follow. If you're new to Twitter, just get it. It's not hard. Jump on Twitter, hit follow, go to Trevor Long, hit follow, and say good day. Don't just follow, actually communicate. I actually respond to, I'm pretty sure, nearly every tweet. So it'd be great to hear from you. Jump on the website, eftm.com.au, and follow me on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the learning. We'll be back again next week.